You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. And I'm Molly from Wild Olive. Today we'll be talking about Heidi's read-along knit-along, Molly's jump-into-pattern design, wait, that's me, and Haley's improper (laughs) cross-stitch. Do you want to do that? I write these things. I write these things and I'm like, why am I talking about myself in the third person? I kind of liked it. I liked the way that's me. (laughs) Then let's just continue on. Molly, right. Molly's jumping into pattern design. <laughs> That's what you meant. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, we're also very excited to offer sponsorship spots in the Very Serious Crafts podcast. Mm-hmm. Visit VerySeriousCrafts.com and click on Sponsor for more info. We're good at talking and stuff. Super good. <laughs> so, what's going on, ladies? Um, well, I... <laughs> had the stupidest injury ever. This is Heidi, by the way. Um, I had the stupidest injury ever last week. Um, just one afternoon, uh, I did something. Like, I shifted my weight in- incorrectly on my left hand, and I fully sprained, like, the entire base of my left thumb. Like, that muscle no. that's on, like, the, uh, like, oh. I guess if it's your left hand, it'd be southwest corner of your palm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Wait, 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 hold on. So, okay, look at your left so palm. West. Okay. So right around Ann Arbor if you're from Michigan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Close to Detroit. Yeah. Um, and it was, it started hurting, and then within a few hours it was visibly swollen. The palm of my hand was swollen up. There was like a knot, <laughs> like a knot of muscle you would get in there, and oh, I had like ooh. limited range of motion, and I was like, this escalated quickly. What is happening? That's very dramatic. Um, and I... I'm convinced I've been trying to exercise too hard too soon. Um, <laughs> and I really wanted to get, like, my core strength in place this year because I've been having back spasms, especially if I worked on a long knitting or latch hook deadline. Um, and so if I... I've, Wait, latch hook deadline? Yes, that's a thing. <laughs> that's that's a thing in my life now. I have made that happen. Um, <laughs> Noted. And so in addition to making latch hook happen, these back spasms are a really stupid byproduct. And I was like, if I improve my core strength, I'll improve my posture and I won't be in so much pain. But I guess I tried to do too much too soon. And um, it's very ironic to be trying to improve yourself, but then injure yourself to the point where you can't do anything. I think that happens a lot. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like strength exercises. Yeah. I always, always, always hurt my butt (laughs) whenever I try to do like like squats or something like that to to improve that area yeah well i mean because you know since i since we all sit down for most of the day Mm -hmm. like those muscles can atrophy yeah but it it is never mind (laughs) yeah i've just been trying to do more like yoga for the core and pilates and stuff but you end up sitting on your hands trying to you know engage your triceps and upper muscles and oh i was thinking you were like on the couch shifting well no i was that would be that would be what i would be doing i'd be just on the couch not doing the exercises (laughs) and i would hurt myself (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. Same. Anyway, so that's my boring story. And it is better. Ibuprofen, water, and rest are the key BT dubs to anyone who has harmed their stupid <laughs> southwest thumb muscle. <laughs> uh, well, uh-huh. my, uh, my not so exciting thing that I've been doing is, uh, and without launching into a full on top- topic, because we could do this at some point, is mending <laughs> things for other people. Like, I don't like mending things for myself. And so I just end up with piles of things that really need to be mended, as we all know. But it's that thing where someone goes, oh, you sew. Could you fix Relatable. this for me? <laughs> yeah. And um, it started out with something that sounded kind of fun, which was fixing a costume. And I was like, OK, that's kind of cool. It was a giant pineapple. Awesome. Um, and, then it, <laughs> and then it led into... Oh, I also have this stack of pillows and a bag, and I'm like, oh, okay, and I did it. I don't know what I was thinking, but I did it. Well, I still have the bag to finish, but oh well. So, you guys know that thing that happens when you're about to travel the night before when you get that that urge? Yes. The, the, the undeniable urge to sew a new dress. <laughs> So I avoided that. Yay. I was I was wanting you to say, I have a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I need... The, the problem is I actually could use a few new dresses. And so my cat is currently making out with the microphone. Nice. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Sorry, cat interference. All right, so... This past weekend, I went to Vermont and New Hampshire and then Boston, and it was a big, a lot of, a lot of cities for a four-day trip, <laughs> and I realized that I didn't have anything to wear, per usual, despite the fact that I have been wearing clothes every day for months, <laughs> uh, I, I clearly didn't have anything ideal for going to any of these places and so I got as far as pulling patterns and then I put that nonsense away because I did not have time <laughs> Yay! so I feel very pleased Good for you with myself although I did do some mending that was not mine on the trip mm-hmm. I <laughs> fixed a tear in my mother-in-law's one of my mother-in-law's favorite shirts mm-hmm. and it was almost completely invisible, and I don't do fine work very often. And it was, oh my god, my cat just came <laughs> over the top of the computer. Yeah, Haley's. We we do a video chat while we record this, um, and Haley's screen just started shaking. And I guess a cat is responsible. <laughs> Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, sometimes it's Heidi's dogs. <laughs> Today it's my cat. Uh, and so I, I felt very good about fixing this this tear and having it be nearly invisible. But I have never felt that satisfied when I've s- mended my own clothing. So Of course not. I'm going to go ahead and still ignore my own pile of mending. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's the thing well, to and do. Of- and of course, you're ignoring that mending pile because um, you may or may not have had a big week this week, Haley. Uh, well, yes, I, I did have a big week. Know what happened? I know you know what happened. But 
So my very first book ever came out this week. Yay! It's called Yeah. It's called Improper Cross Stitch and I am now officially a published author. Woo! You can find me on Goodreads. I have an author page. It's a thing. Fancy. Nice. Um and apparently <laughs> according to a link I clicked on completely accidentally, my book is I guess available at all of like the Barnes and Noble stores in the tri-state area <laughs> because all those lights were green nice. when I clicked through the link uh, when I was just checking to see if the link worked and where you could buy the book. So I have not yet snuck over to the nearest store to me because I'm a little nervous that I'm going to freak out and embarrass myself if I do find the book on the shelf, and I'm also going to take some really ridiculous selfies. Yeah. And so I feel like I need to be a, a little chiller. No, no, it, that. it's absolutely okay to not be chill because when when my book Stitch Love came out, I went over to my Barnes & Noble and I actually brought someone with me to take crazy photos of me. And then I had a weird conversation with a guy and it was totally... That was the thing to do. That was right. There's still good memories with it. Go do it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm going to. But I feel like I should bring someone with me. Like, someone else should experience me literally dancing in the craft aisle, yes. right? Yeah, yes, definitely. I mean, you need. I, I need a videographer. You need boomerangs for Instagram. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Yeah. And then I am, I am also told that I should then find the nearest manager and inform them that I am the author and ask if they want me to sign the copies mm. so they can put the signed copy stickers on them. You should. Yeah, we'll see. And I mean, I know some people gorilla sign, but I used to work in book publishing and that makes them non-returnable and is sort of a mean thing to do to the the store in in my opinion. I, I'm just, I'm a little too, I, I'm a little too Midwestern for that. Yeah. So... I will ask permission before I pull out my Sharpie, but you better believe there's a Sharpie in my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that happened, and I kind of don't know what to do with myself. I may have burst into tears when my UPS guy handed me the first copy of the book. Yes. And luckily, he knows me, so it was not a... <laughs> it was not dramatic and uncomfortable for either of us. Yeah. But it's... I am I'm so excited and it is uh, just a fair warning to anyone who listens to us who knows that we have a no swearing rule. This book does not have a no swearing rule. Yes, that is correct. At all. At all. It's like the opposite. No. It's like yeah. the opposite. It's a pro swearing environment. <laughs> I have not received a copy of the book yet. I think it's on its way. I, th I, think, I think it so. may have gone out yesterday. But but I know a little bit of what is in the book, and I would say, yeah, be aware. However, there's also some really adorable, wonderful stuff in there, so weigh it out. Yeah. It's about half things that you might be like, hmm, better take that down when grandma comes. <laughs> and the other half is like, that's cute and weird. Why is that in there? And so it's... It's half cute things, half swears. It might even be like a quarter swears. Like it's, that actually isn't the main 
the main element of the book. It's just that I delight in stitching swearing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's in there. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I'm excited. It happened. It exists. I have squeaked weirdly on the internet about it. So now I squeaked weirdly on the, well, on the internet on this podcast. That's right. So yay! Yay! yay. Congratulations, Haley. We love you and are Thank proud of you. you. Dude, we are so proud of you. It's such yay. exciting news. Oh, Thank my you. Goodness. Someday I'll have a first book and I'll be like, "Hello, mentor friends, Molly and Haley. Help." <laughs> and you know what? That is exactly what I did. So. <laughs> yes. Well, just I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Let us know when it happens cuz we're sure it'll happen. Oh, thanks. Exactly. <laughs> what are you working on these days, Heidi? Yeah. Um, well, I was just thinking about um how Last episode, if you listened, I talked about how my family's weird. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Go on. (laughs) um, Specifically, if you missed it, um, about how my dad does his DIY deer head processing because he hunts for deer. Um, And so I guess I, I wanted to follow that up with another story that I guess if you are sensitive to needles, you might want to fast forward through. But since we just did that story and this one's less gross, I figure let's just piggyback on it. And I've been meaning to share this story the whole time we've done this podcast, so I'll do it now. All right. Anyway. Yes, please. <laughs> um, so do either of you guys have tattoos? Lots and lots of them. Okay. I do not because needles. <laughs> yeah. And, and <laughs> I changed my mind a lot. I don't think that I would be able to commit to a tattoo. So, mm-hmm. oh, I should tell you about the hilarious tattoos that I have from <laughs> from youth. <laughs> yeah, I, my my mother got me my first tattoo for my seventeenth birthday. Cool. Okay, because she didn't want to go. She wanted to get her first tattoo and didn't want to go by herself. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> so, let's just say I, I may or may not have a big naked fairy on my back. <laughs> <laughs> that I've never actually seen yeah. because it's not like I spend a lot of time looking backwards in a mirror. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, you. Yeah. Anyway, I have I have about I think 5 tattoos. Um I want more. I just it, the older I get, the less willing I am to commit to an idea, which is funny because yeah. when I was 19 when I got my first one on my on the back of my neck, um I didn't think twice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway. I have one on the back of my neck, too. Yeah. Ne- ne- it's one of the embarrassing ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the one on my neck's a memorial tattoo, so I don't, like, I'll never actually regret it. But I do think I might have it zhuzhed one of these days. But I digress. Um, so the tattoo I specifically want to talk about has to do with crafts, I promise. Um, mm-hmm. And so a couple years ago, I went to Iceland on a belated honeymoon with my husband. And we did a road trip where we rented a car and we drove all the way around the entire island where it was safe to do so in March. And um, I kept cool. I kept seeing, I mean, Iceland is a country that's like a really, I guess, popular vacation spot these days. But we went because of, I mean, the beautiful scenery and everything, but also... The yarn and the wool <laughs> and the wool culture and the knitting. <laughs> and Iceland is so cool because it has, there's an actual like sign on highway signs that looks like a Nordic snowflake motif that you've seen in crafts if you've crafted for a minute or two. Um, mm-hmm. And it's this pixelated version of the Scandinavian snowflake 
and it's and it symbolizes where to find handmade Icelandic crafts. So lopapaces, so those yoked sweaters that our Icelandic knitting is known for, um, and where you can find handspun wool or locally produced and milled wool. Um, and so I kept seeing this this symbol, and I was so excited because I mean what. What country besides Iceland has an actual across the nation Best sign, sign yeah. ever? That's like they're and, doing it right. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I had and I was like, hmm, we're we're kind of traveling in the off season. Maybe I should get a tattoo while I'm in Iceland because we had a lot of hours on the road just looking at the scenery, and I kept seeing this symbol. And I also happened to be predominantly Norwegian, um, if the blonde hair didn't give that away, um, and the being from North Dakota. And so I went online. I mean, in fairness, they can't see you. Yeah, but if they know what I look like, we'll say. Um, anyway. Yeah, so I would, I, long, long story short is I decided to get a tattoo. I went and I looked on Instagram for some um, tattoo artists in Iceland. And then I found someone who was a woman who I wanted to go with, if possible, um, who does hand poke tattoo, also known as stick and poke tattoos, or as my husband mm-hmm. calls them, prison tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the method you used. Yeah. And um, so I knew that I wanted a tattoo of that symbol that had been on the road signs. Um, mm-hmm. With whatever interpretation the artist wanted. I was kind of getting this tattoo on a whim because this, just because why not? And uh, so I, I booked this stick and poke tattoo appointment and I did a little bit of research on what I was in for, but not too much because you're going to be sitting there getting poked with a needle for a little while. I didn't realize, though, fully that the entire tattoo was going to be every dot of the tattoo was poked by hand. Like, there's no, like, brush stroking of a tattoo needle. Every single dot on my tattoo was in and out poked by hand by this woman. Huh. I mean, yeah, that makes I guess sense. That, that seems both obvious and... As someone with many, many, many tattoos, yeah. kind of impractical. <laughs> a little. <laughs> yeah, it takes hmm. a little while, um, but it was rad. It was rad. She like we. I get to the tattoo place for my appointment. And it's the morning. We're flying back, no less, because that's when the appointment was available. <laughs> and it was a small tattoo, so I knew I'd be fine time wise. Um, and she has. So I sit down in the chair, and this woman has. I'll link to her Instagram in the show notes too. Um, she has a giant, like, beaker, like a glass beaker, full of takeout chopsticks from Chinese restaurants. And I was like, hmm, maybe they just save all their chopsticks because they get takeout all the time. No. Mm. <laughs> they are involved in the process. <laughs> mm. <laughs> she un- she pulls a set of the cheap wooden chopsticks out of their little envelope, breaks them in half, and then breaks one of them in half again. And then she uses black, elect- uh, um, not electric tape, it was like a... Like a medical tape, but black, kind of. You could tear it by hand. Um, Yeah, like paper tape? Yeah, paper tape. And she taped the broken-off chopstick with that black tape to a needle that came out of a sterilized, like, sealed thing. So it's a long, sharp needle that kind of looks like a skewer you would grill with. Electric taped or whatever, the chopstick to it. Opened up a little thing of black ink that looks like fluoride at the dentist. And then just started Mm -hmm. dipping it like a quill... And then was like, let's go. It's <laughs> <is> super DIY. <laughs> yeah, it totally was. Um, and it's the most beautiful cool. tattoo I have. She hand did the gradient. Wow. I'm show- Wait. Oh, neat. Yeah, I'm showing Haley and Molly in the video feed. And I'll, I'll post a picture of the tattoo as well. 
Um, and it's like that's really there's cool. no raised bumps on it. It ages better than and it's aged so far in the last couple years better than any tattoo I've it's had. It's so crisp. Yeah, like. Um, and she did use a stencil wow. for the hardest part of the lines, but then she eyeballed the mm-hmm. gradient of the coloring from there. Um, and it healed faster than any tattoo I've had either. Like, easy. It's on my upper right arm, so it's kind of an easy place to heal as well. Um, but yeah, so turns out handmade tattoos are really cool, and I kind of never want another tattoo that's not in that style now that I've had one. It looks so much... It looks different than I expected it to... Like, it's a work of art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I expected something a little more, like, crude in its its line work and stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. My my dermatologist, every time I go in, she's like, God, that's such a nice tattoo. And I was like, you would know. Yeah. (laughs) That's true, actually. Like, when your dermatologist is like, yeah. That, that makes complete sense. So that's my... That's funny. That's my, that's my Icelandic prison tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, I'm, now I'm picturing all of the prisoners in Iceland with beautiful little stars snowflakes. on them. Snowflakes. <laughs> like snowflakes. Crafty snowflakes. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. that, yeah, I don't have I don't have any crafting-related tattoos, which seems weird. Mm-hmm. Seems that does like seem I weird. should. But I have... I have robots on the insides of my wrist that show up in all of my photos. Mm -hmm. And what people don't know is that because they're placed on the tendons, when I move my fingers in a certain way, they dance. Uh. (laughs) Which is is fun, but also kind of distracting in videos. Yeah, that is doing the tattoos right, though. I mean, it's kind of like the, you know, the traditional sailor dancing mermaid kind of thing. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're named Maxwell and Tabitha. I like that. And uh, they fit inside a rocket ship tattoo that another friend got at the same time. Aww. Oh, cute. Which is, uh, oh, misspent you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's well, funny. Well, I have, I have nothing so exciting as crafty or dancing robot tattoos to share. Sorry. Well, you are wearing cat ears, though. I am wearing cat ears and a cat t-shirt, so... <laughs> There's that. <laughs> I mean, full cat lady. I, I approve. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and my cat approves. Yes. As my cat just spent a, a decent amount of time trying to play with Molly on the video feed. It was great fun. <laughs> yeah. I took video, which I will also post. I'm sure it's not embarrassing for me at all. <laughs> I mean, you and Heidi were both playing with the cat. Yeah. And it was really cute. Yeah. Well, the cat is really In their cute, defense, so. they couldn't see the cat. Yeah, so that made it feel a little weird. <laughs> it was a little weird, but whatever. <laughs> it was also awesome. Anyway, moving on. Uh, my thing that I've been doing lately, actually, I, sh- I say this like lately, but really it's been going on now for months, is... I have been designing my first knitting pattern. And then more recently, like within the last week or so, I've been also designing my first crochet pattern, which is a little bit cheating because it's really super basic. But anyway, never thought this would happen. It's not cheating. It's still a thing. It is still a thing. And it's, I just, I never envisioned this happening. I thought, you know, I kind of was cool with the embroidery stuff. That was comfortable. And then I sort of dipped into doing some sewing and sewing pattern design. And that felt like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And then now I'm doing a knitting pattern. And that just 
I don't know where that came from, but it has been very interesting and fun. And I think my my grandma who taught me how to knit would be proud. Oh, yeah. That's awesome and really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm starting. Well, it's a big item, but it's basic. So I was asked to design a poncho, which I wouldn't normally go for a poncho. I wouldn't probably wear a poncho. That is big. It is big. I know. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, I don't know if I can do that. But I saw a few ponchos that are, they look more like a shawl or a wrap. So it's basically a really long rectangle that's folded in half and stitched at part of that seam. So you, it kind of sits on you asymmetrically. Um, And I really liked the look of that and I thought okay I will actually wear that too which was kind of the goal if you're going to spend all this time designing and knitting a big thing you want to you want it to be usable afterwards so Mm -hmm. um so I set out to do that I don't think we've learned that lesson (laughs) (laughs) certainly we've talked about the number of things that you make that you don't use um but this was such a big commitment that I thought honestly I normally only I knit like sometimes one thing at a time Mm -hmm. it's I haven't been a big knitter although this has really pushed me into I think more of of being a knitter that's awesome yeah so I've been loving it. it's almost almost finished and by the time that this podcast airs uh it will be finished and I still probably won't be able to really wear it much because it's still a little bit warm but uh I'm excited about it so I my uh my friend who works for um, Blacker Yarns, Katie. Thank you, Katie. We love you, Katie. Um, (laughs) uh, And she also... um, Wait, is this the naughty yarn person? This is the naughty yarn person. (laughs) And also, um, I should say that... Go back a couple episodes if that doesn't make sense to you. (laughs) And and that's there. Um, And go back to the previous episode where I talk about visiting the yarn mill where she works. Um, And she also has her own... She has a video podcast that is fantastic. And uh, very different from this, but really wonderful to listen to. But anyway, so she, not too long ago, jumped into pattern design herself. And she, she's, like, knocking out these amazing designs, like, that you look at and go, uh, how long have you been doing this? It's amazing. And I actually got to observe some of her design process while I was visiting with her and seeing things coming back from test knitters and from a tech editor and all of that. But she helped me um, set up yarn support for my project, which was really helpful. And That's she's cool. looked over my pattern and and I I did, I swatched like crazy. You'd be so proud of me, Heidi. <laughs> Yay! Stop swatch and block it. That's right. And <laughs> and then I was working on it and working on it and I was looking at it and not trusting my swatching. And so <laughs> I was probably I was probably 10 inches into this thing and I was like, I don't know, I'm still not sure. And so I partially blocked it, which I it, you know, obviously isn't ideal, but it gave me a this reassurance no it's okay mm-hmm. you're still yep. it's it's on track for what you thought it was going to be you you did your math right mm-hmm. it all looked right so i've done that and um oh you put that on instagram didn't yeah, you yeah it was like a while a few ago. Months ago yeah yeah and i'm mm-hmm. still still working on it cuz i'm not a super fast knitter uh so when originally when i was asked to do this they said could you have this finished within like 
it was like two months and I hadn't done a single thing. I didn't have any part of it. I didn't have, I was very, like I was at like negative three. I wasn't even starting at zero. And so I asked for a few uh, extra months and I'm so grateful that I did that. But um, it has been, it's been really fun to do. And I will, um, I'll share more process photos and I'll probably write a whole blog post about it because it's been it's been really cool. And then now I'm also doing this little mini crochet thing, which is basically just, it's a face scrubby, but it's kind of like a mini doily, if you will, out of cotton mm-hmm. yarn. And, yeah. and that's been fun too. Although here's been my issue with that one. I've been trying to make a bunch of them to show in the photo, but every other one that I make comes out wrong. And so that's a bad <laughs> sign. <laughs> Still working on consistency there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. I think we all start out with a crochet scrubby pattern. That was my first crochet pattern, too. That's funny. So do you think that you could say that embroidery was uh, your gateway design drug? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Followed by... Or perhaps that design is contagious. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably probably some of both of those. Because then it really it just kind of starts to spiral into into other things because once you've designed one part of a thing then you want to be able to customize all the rest of things and embroidery I think especially Uh (laughs) leads you towards quilting and sewing and um oh for sure yeah and the the knitting and crochet part came in just because I do knit and crochet a little bit I knit more than I crochet and that brings with it weaving and spinning like yeah it's coming for you yeah and maybe maybe eventually I don't know, punch needle or something, but <laughs> we have to do an entire episode about punch needle. Yes. I really, really think we do. We've yeah. talked about it outside I, this podcast and I think there's yeah. enough for us three to unpack. I also think it's going to be the like phenomenon trendy craft of the next 12 months. I'm, I'm saying it right now. I've seen it enough places. Lisa Congdon is doing her designs in it. Yep. Like, oh, yeah. it's going to yeah. be huge mungus. I'm also going to predict that I can't do it. <laughs> this is this is based on my inability to cook in a crock pot. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do the things that don't require futzing. <laughs> I'm great at doing incredibly detailed things, but I'm never good at the things that are supposed to be easy. So I'm guessing, I think we're going to have to break out the blipping <laughs> when we talk about it because I, I'm going to forget the no swearing. <laughs> I feel like it it lends itself to actually an episode where we are doing punch needle as we're recording. Like it could be like a whole live punch needle activity. But the, yeah. I mean, back to the. Then you'll definitely have to yeah. break out the blips. Yeah. And while we're there, I mean, we may as well do some needle felting too. But uh, no. I, oh, no, no, no. I can't do that either. You can like take that right in and do some some tattoos along with it. <laughs> oh it's, God, no! It's all right there. <laughs> that would be like a scarring tattoo because that needle is barbed, as you yeah. said. Mm. All right, we're gonna Sorry. stop talking about this Ow! right now. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. It's a thing. Oh. Sorry. Okay, um. we're moving on then. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> moving right along. Um, uh, to, I guess, designing patterns and, and like, the tools that you use to do that. For a while, a few years ago, I was designing 
a drawing every single day. And I swear this is related to designing for instructions and crafts, but it's going to take me a second to meander there. Take your time. (laughs) So um, I used to draw a cartoon that is of me, and it's called Tiny Cranky Haley because I am pretty cranky, and I wanted to be able to complain about things without looking deeply negative on Twitter, basically. And so I started drawing this tiny version of me complaining about things. And I did one every day for a long time. And then at some point, I don't know, a year or two ago, I switched to drawing them digitally. I I used to draw them on paper because at the same time I was also learning how to draw. Mm -hmm. And so I switched to drawing them digitally. And now I do them for, like... If I'm especially irritated about something or if I am celebrating something, like I did one for, uh, I did one that dances for my book release mm-hmm. yesterday. Yes, it was um, cute. Moving into designing that digitally immediately led to making GIFs. So, and I'm just going to say right now, I don't care if you say GIF or GIF, it does not matter to me. <laughs> you could. It, it is a, a linguistic thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I I'll like will it, try not to. I will try not to be envelope, envelope, whatever. <laughs> What's that, Molly? I said I'll try not to be argumentative. <laughs> I mean, I can say GIF if that makes you feel. I nice. say I GIF. Oh no! I say GIF because my instructor in college said GIF, and the creator of the GIF says GIF. But that's just me, you know. Mm-hmm. And that is true. The creator does say that, and that is points in that area. True. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Onward. Where I was heading with with this, um, oh, I, I'm not going to rem- we're just going to go with GIF guys. For me. Yeah. Um, so, so in designing that cartoon and drawing it and making it move, which was the next logical step after I was doing it digitally in Illustrator anyway, I started also using GIFs to illustrate project steps and instructions. And I just want to do a little love letter to that because I hate videos. Um, I know that a lot of people who do crafting love YouTube and like are super into that as a medium. I'm not patient enough for that. I appreciate it when I've got time. Mm-hmm. Like I appreciate watching skills and being able to find them but most of the time if I'm following a tutorial or if I'm trying to learn how to do a technique all I want in the world is for the video to just get to the point like show me (laughs) the like the wrist movement that is the thing that I'm missing or like the loop of the thread which is the thing that the written instructions are maybe not quite being clear about and so I'm once I started making gifts and like other like crafty related gifts since Tiny Cranky Haley is generally making things that is rather the point of her. <laughs> I then started doing like using gifts in pattern and project design to show step outs with movement mm-hmm. because it is so much faster to look at that than it is, like, even if you just have a short video embedded, then to wait for the video to load and and wait for it to get to there, mm-hmm. yeah, 
it just gets right to the point and I am really really excited uh, that I am seeing that more often in tutorials because it's an old technology like it's right. not yeah these existed before you could really reliably compress video fast enough for like dial up internet I think yeah definitely um because mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I was taking um, web design classes, and that was back <laughs> back when the goal was to keep your page size really small because of mm-hmm. dial-up internet. Yeah. And, yeah, you made these animated files all the time. And sometimes it would push your file size up a little bit, but we're still talking about a whole page that is less than a megabyte <laughs> with moving things on it. Yeah, and so I just, I love using and making GIFs in place of video. Like, video has a place. If you're showing something long and involved, if you're doing, like, a full walkthrough of a technique or even a full project, it makes a lot of sense. But I think if you're just trying to mitigate confusion um, in a particularly complex part of some written instructions, they are so fast and so easy to do, and I'm just super into them. And I think they're great. And also, the one with the cat and the sewing machine is my favorite. <laughs> yes. I didn't make it. I just really like it. That, and it's all over the internet. Yeah, that is that is probably one of the best ones out there, I will say. Uh, but no, I was... I. It is like peak internet to me. Yeah. <laughs> your, um, the way that you're using... The way that you're using them, though, is perfect and makes so much sense because I tend to want to skim to what I need and videos really don't mm-hmm. allow that. I mean, they do a little mm-hmm. bit, but it's hard to know, even if you're kind of skimming through the, you know, you're like scrubbing through that um, to find what you're looking. It's hard to, to get to the right spot. And if you have it stepped out a bit with just the video that you need or the, the animation that you need, it's so helpful for us skimmers well youtube yeah i just i like it youtube has a feature these days that um people can comment and um include a timestamp that you can jump to and so on like some of my videos that i do oh, that's cool. they'll comment and say like useful demonstration of the yarn over and brioche starts at 252 or whatever um and that's a cool feature if yeah. you still want if there's a person who you like their youtube tutorials but they do have like include introduction stuff or like stuff at the end of the video that's an option is that a thing that you can link to um well in the um, comments within instructions like that you mean within youtube yeah within youtube so like in the comment i believe it is a like a live link that you can jump to um, so you don't have to just scrub scrub to that point um oh i just meant like if you were on say a blog post mm. being saying oh if you want to see like this specific thing mm-hmm. jump to here i don't but know the I'm answer wondering to that if that was possible off the top of my head i would but it sounds cool it sounds useful yeah just jumping in with that because that's a newer feature yeah yeah so Haley just had her book molly's doing pattern design one thing that i've been working on lately a lot <laughs> so much so much a lot, a lot. <laughs> Um, is this thing that I've talked about a little bit 
uh, before, which is the uh, read-along, knit-along that I do on my site. Mm. In the fall, I do a read-along, knit-along, and in the spring, I do a read-along, crochet-along. And basically, it's a it's a program on the internet where people can, along with other knitters or crocheters, depending on which one we're doing, they everybody reads the same book and discusses it online, and then there's some in-person events too, um, but most of the discussion is online. And then at the same time, they're working on a knit or crochet pattern inspired by the book that we're discussing. So, um, I used to be a librarian. This was like my fa- this was like an idea I came up with after I left librarianship to help kind of stay grounded in that world a little bit. And it's been so mm-hmm. fun and it's one of the like the biggest projects, programs, whatever that I do through my blog and through my design business every year. Um, and right now when this episode comes out um, on September 10th, it'll be the second week of the read along knit along. so people will have the pattern and they'll be doing it. and it is in fact a, lap-sized throw blanket or lap gan or toddler-sized baby blanket, which basically just means it's like in the neighborhood of three feet by four feet. So it's no small thing (laughs) that a whole bunch of people are going to be doing together throughout September and October. (laughs) Are they, Um, are they all prepared for the size of this project? I think so. Um, The response online... I mean, the photos are pretty clear. (laughs) (laughs) The response online has been really good. Um... And we're doing it over the course of eight weeks, and they'll get the pattern in chunks. It won't really be a mystery knit along because I haven't obscured what the finished project is because I'm not a sadist and I'm not going to ex- <laughs> like ask people to commit to a throw sight on scene. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing the thing takes ten skeins of yarn. Um, That's fair, but yeah. So I've never done a mystery craft along. Yeah, it's fun. We or participated in one. I've never done. Yeah, it's fun. I've um, designed a couple of them because they're really big in the knitting world, especially even more than in crochet. Um, People really love it. I think they're just people who want to be doing yarn crafts all the time, and it's a way for them to try something that might be outside their comfort zone. They don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and they get an excuse to hang out exactly on the internet with other people who are interested in the same things and doing the same things. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fun. It's when really I've done, fun. When I've done my stitching clubs, that's kind of the the idea behind it, and they kind of get an idea of where this is going. But I broke it up into smaller embroidery patterns with English paper mm-hmm. piecing because to do like I wasn't, you know, some of the cross-stitch ones, it's a little easier to fill in the pattern in in sections, but this embroidery seemed like it made more sense to break it up this way. But yeah, it is the the community that you see happening in the midst of a mm-hmm. project like that is, yeah. I think, my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's really fun. And I will say, I'm not a full sadist because I stuck just to garter stitch and intarsia, and so most of the interesting thing is in color changes, and then by the end of the blanket, everybody will be pretty pretty well set on intarsia from all the practice they've had so I like it because it also like the thing I like the most about librarianship and also craft blogging is being able to help facilitate an informal learning environment and um I really like to use knit alongs to give folks an opportunity to like level up with that skill and then also it's fun because in the online discussion and I also do like weekly meetups in Chicago um it's nice because then I get feedback on my teaching style but also I get to see things that help people who maybe haven't knit for over 20 years or crochet for 10 years or however long I've been crocheting like having other people on the 
I craft because crafts are fun and they're good for you and your mental health. Like I get to have normal people who do crafts um, help like come up with interesting ways to explain things and also like yeah. let me know. Like it, it helps me keep my like radar on when what my definition of easy is slipping upward just from mm. having mm-hmm. crafted for a really long time. Yeah, yeah. from experience. Yeah. Um, it's really fun. I mean, maybe I'm just an adult nerd who likes learning, but it's fun. There's nothing I mean, wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty great to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why we're friends. I think you've got the right yeah. <laughs> Reasons we're friends. And why we have <laughs> Number a podcast. 5,483. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's why we're very serious crafters. Exactly. So serious. Yeah. Uh, well, I was... Uh, as I was getting ready for this episode and kind of thinking about, all right, what are some things to talk about? What have I been working on? What have I not been talking about? Or I kind of was hit with like, I guess maybe the podcast version of crafters block, which was, (laughs) I don't have anything to talk about, which is totally stupid because there's always a thousand things to talk about because this this crafting topic goes on and on and on as we discover once we actually start chatting on here uh, and go off on our fun mm. tangents. But I so as I thought about that idea, I was like, okay, crafter's block, it's a thing which hits me and I'm sure it hits you. Sometimes it's if I like I need to come up with a project either because I need to write a new blog post or, I need to make a gift for someone, not a gift for someone. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> gift, not gift. <laughs> uh, if there's like a proposal that I'm sending off uh, to someplace, and so then I suddenly can't come up with a single thing to make. Or Ugh. the other part <laughs> of it is when I actually don't have something that I must get done, or I have tons of things that I must get done and I have so many options of what to work on and I can't decide on a single one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and none of them look good. None of the ones that exist already. No, and obviously we've oh. talked about the, the piles of of things that are sitting here waiting to be finished. No, those are not acceptable. <laughs> there's a trail through my apartment. Yeah. There's <laughs> like a project bag in every room. Even the even the patterns that I have you know, materials for or don't have materials for, I look at them and I'm like, yeah, but I don't know, which should I start on? And I maybe, and it, it's a very terrible I thing. call it crafting paralysis. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's probably the more accurate term for it. Although crafter's block, I suppose, when you don't know what to plan out to make works. But yeah, crafting paralysis. Oh, totally. Yep. Crafting paralysis is like, I know the... D- I know that it's that instead of just crafter's block. If I find myself like standing in a room like wide eyed and then I haven't moved for a while, uh, yes. and I'm like, oh, 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 because I've been going through in my mind all the options. It's like if I'm frozen about a thing, well, yeah, obviously it's crafting paralysis. I definitely recognize that. Yeah. 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 So I do, in fact, have a whole bunch of things that I'm working on and need to finish. And I did definitely pull out some yarn from my stash to plan yet another knitting project, which I won't be starting <laughs> anytime soon, but 
you know, let's just add to the madness. What were you supposed to do? I, I mean... The yarn has been sitting there for years. It needs to be made into something, or at least it needs to have some sort of purpose ahead of it. I think that's very reasonable and responsible of you, Molly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That is what a very serious crafter would do in that situation. <laughs> it is. What would very serious crafters do? <laughs> yeah, I'm currently considering starting a new quilt instead of finishing the several in progress. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know why. It's not even different techniques. I'm pretty sure that the block that I am considering is the block used in at least one of the things in progress, but it's not exactly what I had in mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now we start falling into this thing that uh, my friend Becca, Hugs Are Fun, on um, Instagram and elsewhere, she and her friend Christy, yeah, she, they started a hashtag that is Project Starters Anonymous, which we are going to yeah. have a full yeah. discussion on at some point because, mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely a thing. It's a problem. Yep. It is. It's a problem. But admitting you have a problem is the first step. It is, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to abandon the problem. It just, it is the first step in starting another project. Are the self-reflection is important. Are the yes. 12 steps of recovery for Project Starters Anonymous just like whine about it, whinge about it, think about it, wait on it, just do it is step 12. <laughs> no, actually the 12 steps are make a new project, start another project, buy supplies for a project, and so on. Uh-huh. It's a self-perpetuating 12-step problem. <laughs> that is program. divisible by 12, so that yeah. works. Says yeah. the knitting designer who's good at who's good at algebra. <laughs> Don't make Molly pull out her pentagram. I know. Pentagon. See, I can't even get the word right. See, it's it's or very easy Molly to do. You got it right, right instead of wrong when you were trying to get it wrong. So, oh well. Oh my goodness. I I failed at making the joke. <laughs> Wait, we haven't hit our dad joke quota. That's oh. true. That's Does terrible. that count? Yeah. Even though I messed up, I messed up, so it counts. <laughs> exactly. I was talking about myself right. in the third person, though, so that kind of throws a little yeah. bit in there, too. So, <laughs> On that note, Molly thinks it's time to start wrapping up. I second it. I'm really bad at wrapping things. <laughs> Haley's also very sleepy because her book came out yesterday as we record this. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really tired. So much I've been sitting here yawning in the background, yeah. and it's... Like, I, it's not boredom. It's just that I need a nap, except that I have deadlines and can't have one. Yeah. Well, instead, go have some coffee and cake and continue celebrating as you work. I could order cake. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think we should officially say bye. That's right. Friends, go have some coffee, <laughs> cake, and pick up your crafts, and we'll talk to you all next time. Right. Bye, okay. guys. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> You've been listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. If you loved this episode, please share it with a friend who's as serious about crafts as we are. Thanks!